you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey, this is Dan Hansis alongside Chris Wessling. Hey, Dan. Mark Sessler and the boss, Greg Rosenthal. We're the Around the NFL podcast. Check us out three times a week as we discuss the latest NFL news as it happens. Always, of course, with a touch of mirth. Subscribe at NFL.com slash podcasts, iTunes, and Stitcher. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Well, no, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, he is off for the week. I'm at Money Smith and sitting in with Bucky Brooks. And it's like the salad days, Buck, when we used to do uh, not move the sticks, but the college football 24-7 or the NFL Draft Tracker podcast analyzing Man. college football and mascots and players. Dug you dug it up from the past. I did. And you would, uh, you would do, you would put your fancy scout hat on, which for those that don't know uh, is a fedora with a, a pencil tucked into the side, and you had a little notepad, and you take your notes as you were scouting all these dudes. Uh, we have got four great teams, two great games for our college football playoff this year. Uh, they will both be played on New Year's Eve. Uh, one, the Peach Bowl, Alabama-Washington. Two, the Fiesta Bowl, Clemson-Ohio State. Let's go with the two-versus-three matchup first. And, and we'll start with why college football coaches that are very good make a whole lot of money. And that is when you look at the talent that Urban Meyer lost to the NFL draft this last year, especially on defense, to be in this position and playing as well as they are. Uh, it speaks to how good he is at recruiting and what he is able to overcome at all three levels of his defense, the type of hit that he took. He's unbelievable. And one of the best things that he did, he brought Greg Schiano over and it's kind of made him the co-defense coordinator. And Greg Schiano has put his stamp on that defense. This is a defense that not only is one that doesn't bend but don't break, but they do a great job of creating turnovers. And when I look at the young pieces that he's incorporated into the secondary and how those guys have been able to play, they're going to make it challenging for Deshaun Watson and the Clemson Tigers to find big plays. And then up front, 
They're as physical as any defense you can find. They can run and chase. They can hit. They can knock you out. And to have so many young players playing at a high level is a testament to not only Urban Meyer and his ability to recruit, but Greg Schiano's ability to game plan and find a way to put those guys in the right situation. And you mentioned the, the youth in the secondary. Malik Hooker really been a revelation for, for Urban Meyer and that Buckeyes defense. And he's going to have to slow down Deshaun Watson. So – Help me, or at least help the listeners, because uh, I, I still I don't even know where I come out on this one. The expectations for Deshaun Watson were so high, and Clemson did, was not inspiring at all at the beginning of the season. A lot of, and that even actually carried toward the end of the season, where they just didn't win in the dominating fashion we expected. We thought Deshaun Watson should run away with the Heisman Trophy this year. It didn't happen, but then you look at his numbers, and they're almost identical to what they were last year. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, and I think sometimes with quarterbacks that are under the radar and then they kind of step up on the national stage and they have a great game like he had last year against Alabama and against Oklahoma, the expectations are through the roof because sometimes it's the first time you've really been exposed to that player. What I will say about Deshaun Watson, I will absolutely agree that early in the year he wasn't playing at a high level. He wasn't playing to expectations. I felt like he was pressing too much to try to prove to NFL people that he could be a franchise quarterback. What I've seen from Deshaun Watson of late is the same scary playmaker that we saw last year during the run to the national title game. He is a guy who plays better on bigger and brighter stages. We've seen him start to put it together. We saw him put it together in the ACC championship game. And before that against South Carolina, we saw him start to make those plays that we're accustomed to making. And I'm beginning to see him use his legs more. For so long in the regular season, I felt like he was confined to the pocket, trying to prove to people that he could be a classic drop back passer. But now it's money time. It's winning time. It's do what you have to do to help your team win. I think we will see a better and a more electric Deshaun Watson in the playoffs than we've seen during the regular season. We mentioned uh, Malik Hooker, and I don't know if he's going to tangle with Mike Williams or how they'll do that if they'll just keep him on one side of the field. I mean, that is uh, where, you know, everybody, we're going to talk about John Ross in a minute, but in terms of just Dot Juju Schuster for USC, just whatever, take your pick. Is Mike Williams the best? Of, of the bunch, in your opinion? I think from an NFL prospect standpoint, I think he's the best wide receiver because he offers a couple of different things. He's a big-bodied playmaker who has the ability to win those 50-50 balls down the field. When I look at him, I kind of compare him to Des Bryant in terms of a physical force on the perimeter. He can catch slants. He can catch skinny poles. He can catch all of those intermediate routes and turn those into big plays by running over, running through arm tackles on the edge. He also has a special connection with Deshaun Watson but they trust one another on some of those back shoulder phase, some of those 50-50 balls that you see down the field. I love that about him. The thing that is difficult about putting all your attention on Mike Williams, there are other guys that can hurt you. Yeah. They have other players. Deion Kane is a guy that can absolutely do some work on the outside. Terry Scott is another yep. guy that can do it. And so when you add Wayne Goldman to the mix, well, I was just gonna this ask you about offense because he, You want to talk different. about – I mean – Really, there was no reason to even mention him in, throughout the first part of the season, but he's really come on as of late, and that's kind of given that offense a different look here uh, the last two, three games of the season. When they're balanced, they're difficult yeah. to defend because the balance makes you commit extra defenders to the box. You have to defend the zone run. You also have to defend Deshaun Watson because he will, on occasion, run some designer Quarterback runs, he will keep the ball on the zone read. He will make you defend all areas of the field. We haven't even talked about their tight end, Leggett, right. his ability to make plays down the middle because he's another of those oversized tight ends, oversized receivers that are matchup nightmares on the perimeter. They throw a lot at you offensively. We will see how this young Ohio State defense stacks up. And I think really the unit that has a lot of pressure on them 
Ohio State's offense. Before you get to that, because, look, you know, the way my brain operates, as soon as we start talking about Mike Williams and pro prospect, I've got to ask the obvious question. Best Mike Williams. 2005 <laughs> USC Mike Williams or Ooh. 2016 Clemson Mike Williams? That Mike Williams at USC in college was a special playmaker. 34 touchdowns? It's the best wide receiver performance over a single season that I've ever seen. And that's 34 touchdowns. Yes. I mean, he was unbelievable. He was a man amongst boys. He they, was. They, cornerbacks could not contend. And then with he him. started eating the boys. BMW, Big yeah. Mike Williams. Big Mike Williams from SE. Played like four or five <laughs> years in the league. He, yeah. he did. He started eating them. That's why. Well, the year boys. off. I mean, but the Maurice Claret decision just crushed Mike Williams. Yeah, it the crushed fact him. that he took that year off, that was it. And he also tell you that he wasn't necessarily the hardest worker, but at the collegiate level, Ooh. he was a superior player to the Mike Williams that we're seeing. Okay. As a prospect, this Mike Williams is a little different because this Mike Williams is a little more explosive, understands how to separate and get away from people. But that Mike Williams, that SC Mike Williams, was a dominant force. In the red zone, uh, it's coming his it's way. It's over. There's nothing it's over. you can do. You know it's he coming. Could, he could post you up. He could box you out. They can throw it to the high hand, and he's going to score. All right. Uh, you were saying about Ohio State's offense, and I said it, you know, I, fair and balanced here. Don't have a favorite. Uh, same thing with JT Barrett. You know, a lot of people had Heisman Trophy expectations, expected him to really shine this year with a full season and no shadow of Cardell Jones or anything like that, or Braxton Miller. This was JT's show, and it was just okay. He's been underwhelming. He's been underwhelming as a passer. He doesn't test all aspects of the field. Um, Inconsistent as a vertical passer, inconsistent with his accuracy on short intermediate throws. Solid runner, but not necessarily the explosive runner that Braxton Miller was when he was at the position, not the thrower that Cardell Jones was when he was there. And so his best traits are his leadership ability and his game management skills. When the game gets tight, he finds a way to make the plays that need to be made. The problem in this game, this Clemson defense – maybe the fastest defense that they've seen this year. And Deshaun Watson in that offense is going to make it where you're not going to be able to play a 10-7 game in this Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, and you, you, again, you know, Zeke leaves, and, and we talked about the defense. No Bosa, no Bell, no App. I mean, they lost everything. They lose Michael Thomas. They lose Ezekiel Elliott. And there really haven't been any players. I mean, I know Samuel had that great run in overtime. But outside of that, he's been okay. There's just – Yeah, it's kind of a – yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I wonder how much of that plays into to JT's, you know, not his lowered production, at least from what we thought he'd be able to do. I think so. This is a team that we always have high hopes for Ohio State. We're so used to seeing them kind of pummel through people, putting up 40 to 50 points. And this hasn't been the team to do that. I saw them struggle against Michigan State. I saw them lose to Penn State. I've seen them have issues against Wisconsin and the like. You just wonder, yeah. offensively, can they generate enough to kind of stay in the stadium with Clemson. And Clemson's defense, once again, we talk about Ohio State losing people. Up front, Clemson is loaded. They have people that can run. Dexter Lawrence is ACC Defensive Rookie of the Year. My dad coached him in high school. He's a shop record. They have other guys. Bowers is a nice linebacker that makes plays. Uh, Tankersley on the outside is a, is a nice lockdown corner. They pose a lot of problems to Ohio State. I think Ohio State's best chance when it comes to scoring and attacking Clemson, they got to hit them in the mouth. They have to make this a physical game, a game that is played in a phone booth. And in their spread, they have that ability to come downhill. They've had plenty of time. Urban Meyer does a great job That's of what preparing I was just gonna say. when he has time. That's the difference. And so they will find a way to steal some points in the kicking game. They were short in this game. They won't play up-tempo and go tat, tit for tat with Clemson. 
but it's going to be a physical game, and they're going to see if Clemson can stand up and hold up. Yeah, and when you think about the national championship, I mean, that's what they did to Alabama. They punched him in the mouth, and punched no one suspected that, that was going to be Came back push. and did the same thing to Oregon. Yep, they're going to exactly. hit them right in the face, and they're going to see if they can they yep. can handle like an old school slobber knocker football game. Yeah, I guess it'll. You know, we we celebrated him at the start of the conversation. We'll see how much magic. Urban Meyer has in that bag because, like you said, on paper it looks like they're going to need an awful lot uh, based on. I think so, and I don't know if enough people have said that, but Clemson's offense to me is dangerous, and I think it's the one team like Clemson is the one team that Alabama does not want to face. I know people are saying like, "Oh, Ohio State if they play Alabama, the Urban Meyer factor," but I believe this Alabama team is superior to the Ohio State team. However, if Alabama matches up with Clemson, I think you have a different little scenario in terms of the way the paper, the way the matchup lines up on paper. I know uh, everybody's excited about Miles Garrett, but I mean, when you watch Jonathan Allen play, as we now say, so did I even ask you for a pick? I should probably do that. Oh, uh, I'm gonna go with Clemson. Today. Not, I, I think I think, Clemson, I think everybody figured that out. I think Clemson's offense yeah. is a little more dynamic than Ohio State. Uh, I know everybody's excited, uh, and they say it's a defensive draft. But when you watch Alabama play and you watch Jonathan Allen, I mean, it, it, speaking to the Mike Williams, it just looks like someone who's operating at a different level than everybody else that is on the field with him. He is absolutely operating at a different level. His ability to create disruption at the point of attack, he's kind of the point on the sword for their defense. He sets the table, he comes inside, he creates disruption, but then you have other guys off the edge. Tim Williams yeah. is a guy that is a house wrecker when it comes to pass rushdowns. His ability to get off the edge, get off the corner, knock down quarterbacks. Ruben Foster is a man in the middle. We can call him the monster in the middle in terms of the way that he plays. Then you talk about the guys on the perimeter, the cornerbacks, Marlon Humphrey, Minka Fitzpatrick, some of the other guys that they mix in there. Defensively, they have everything that you want. I just think they make it tough because they just kind of squeeze the life out of offenses and they leave you hopeless. And look, people will say, and I hate when people say, and look, people will say that Washington hasn't faced a defense like this. Well, yeah, nobody's faced a defense like this. Until you see Alabama, you face nothing like it. But the flip side of that is that the SEC has been down this year. USC, the USC team that faced Alabama is not the USC team that's playing in the Rose Bowl with Sam Darnold. It's not even close. And that game was was tight for a half. Exactly. And then their defense was just gassed. They ran out of juice, and eventually it got to them because the offense could not sustain any drives. Alabama has not seen an offense with John Ross and Miles Gaskin. And I know Jake Browning, if he gets pressure put on him. Pettis, too. They have not seen an offense like this, and that's – what'll make it interesting. They've not seen an offense like that. They've also haven't matched wits with a creative, maybe the right. best offensive play caller in football. And I know some people will be like, how can you say that? I'm saying Chris Peterson, when given time and ample opportunity to take down a giant, they snatched him down routinely at Boise State. And the scary part of this for Alabama is not knowing what Peterson will come up with given the four and five weeks to game plan against Alabama. And looking at Alabama in the past and looking at the things that have been problematic for them, up-tempo teams, teams that can play fast and take the call sheet away from Nick Saban and the defensive coordinator, they've had their best success. When I look at UW and I look at Jake Browning and the weapons that you pointed out, John Ross, an explosive playmaker yeah. on the outside. That monster, you know, those guys on the outside, the yeah. running backs and being able to do it, the trick plays that Chris Peterson likes to do. They may not win, but their game plan is going to challenge every fiber of Alabama's defense. We'll just see if they can block them because that is the one contention. Can they block Alabama's defensive front? And look, remember – I did it again. And remember when, when he was doing it, I don't. I think it was the 07 Fiesta Bowl that they got Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. But you look at those, those first games of the season, Oregon, Oregon State, Virginia Tech. He's at Boise, and 
Chris Peterson is doing that with Boise State level talent. Not the same. He level is talent. now at Washington, where he has Washington Pac-12 Division One Premier Elite NFL prospect talent. Uh, that's the difference. That it's that mind with Jake Browning, who's going to be a Heisman favorite next year, with Miles Gaskin, and like you said, John Ross. That's a whole different level of what he has to work with with all this time to sort this out. Absolutely. Different level, different different playmakers, uh, different caliber athletes that he can work on. John Ross is a speedster. I don't know if there's been a player in the SEC that can challenge their secondary like a John Ross because John Ross is basically uh, an undersized, uh, oversized version of Deshaun Jackson or T.Y. Hilton, a guy that is a speedster one-on-one. He can take the top off the defense. He can run every route that you see. And, and I mean, it's tough. Now, look, Alabama can answer back when you talk about Calvin Ridley. and uh, well, let's, Okay, so let's get into that guys. because it's, it's, it's interesting. It would be – my contention, I know they've lost everybody. I mean, they've lost their leading sacker, their number one linebacker, um, Mathis, and um, I can't remember who else they lost, but they've lost two premier players. They have they have arguably the best – tell me if I'm crazy when I say this – the best defense that Alabama's seen all season. That's just kind of how bad the SEC has been mm-hmm. this year. I mean, when you're talking about – I'm just going to go through their – so Buda Baker – in the back there, Sidney um, Jones. Sidney Jones, exactly a corner. I mean, this is this is more talent than Alabama's seen, and and I think it was DJ that that said it. He said everybody's celebrating Lane Kiffin for an Alabama defense that forces a team to go three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, and on that fourth offensive possession, they throw a touchdown pass, and it's like, hey, how about that Lane Kiffin? Yeah, you know, I mean, you know it's a different thing. I, a couple of different things I think Alabama can. I mean, Washington can take and gain confidence from watching the SEC championship versus Florida. Florida's defense did a pretty good job of containing them, containing them, and they didn't have any offensive compliment. Like they, they, Austin Appleby couldn't give them anything to kind of keep them in the game. Defensively did a good job keeping the ball in front. They knocked them around. They made some plays. Washington doesn't have necessarily the imposing players to the man to a man that Florida had, but they certainly can take their game plan. They certainly can do some of the things in the back end where they can – kind of jam the box because they can play man-to-man on the outside. The matchup that I want to see is Calvin Ridley versus Sidney Jones because if Sidney Jones is able to snuff out Calvin Ridley, it allows them to commit Buda Baker to the box, other people to the box, stop the run game. For as good as Alabama is, no one says that they're an offensive juggernaut. So as long as Washington can find a way to keep the game close and not give it away when they have the ball, this should be a game that is decided in the fourth quarter. And I forgot about that uh, Florida game in the SEC championship. So, yes, they definitely saw a very talented defense this season. Um, in, in terms of in terms of Nick Saban and the way you can neutralize his coaching, you mentioned tempo. But is there just too much talent defensively? I mean, I, I it, mean is might... it too much to overcome? Look, from a game plan standpoint, you want to go tempo. You want to spread them out. The teams that have been successful, the Texas A&M's, the Ole Misses, teams that have beaten them of late have been able to keep their foot on the gas and take the play caller out because tempo prevents them from putting a lot of checks in where they can check to the formation. They want to make you line up and play whatever your base defense is in. If Washington is able to block them and just slow them down up front where their guys don't have a free run to Jake Browning, if they can make some first downs, if they can stay in manageable situations and continue to play with – pace, and tempo, they absolutely can give Alabama problems. The other thing that you have to look for, no one rare, that people rarely talk about the kicking game. Most of the time coming into a game, Alabama enjoys a decided advantage in the kicking game. Not, Not here. this one. Yeah. Because they can return. Pest has taken a few kicks back, a few punts back to the house. 
If Washington can find a way to score points in the kicking game, that is the great equalizer. I look for them to be very aggressive with how they approach the kicking game. Uh, you should have just slapped me when I said that about the defenses. I'm looking what are you at this, talking uh, about? They played LSU. I mean, that, that's uh, that, that, different. Come on, that was a that was a knockout. I mean, that was a heavyweight fight. It was a heavyweight. It was fight. a heck of a game, by the way. Very, very, that, that very, game LSU. very compelling game. So if I'm watching and I'm able to look at the tapes and yep. see how those teams slowed them down, you want to put that into practice. The main thing they can't allow them to run. If I'm UW, I come in the game saying Jalen Hurst is going to have to throw for 300 yards to beat us. I'm a sellout, and I'm gonna put it on the young quarterback to make plays. I'm yep. sure Alabama's gonna take the same approach. Jalen Hurd has to be the guy to beat UW. That's how UW has to come in. Make him throw and make plays. Remember when O.J. Howard had that monster game in the national championship? We're like, oh, there's there's the walking mismatch in college football we've been talking about all year that Lane Kiffin never used. And he still didn't use him. He didn't use him at all this year. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow O.J. Howard announces his his arrival yet again. Oh, by the way, I'm still here. Yeah, still, uh, he's still, someone- here. still impossible to cover. So many weapons that they can throw at you. O.J. Howard has been un- underutilized. I've talked about Kevin Ridley being a guy that can make plays. O.J. Howard could have a monster role because I just don't know who can go with him. This is a really good game. This is one of the games I think this is going to be much tighter than we indicate going into the fourth quarter. I still think Alabama has the edge. I think Alabama gets gets past this game and goes to the final. But I don't think this is going to be the walkover that many expect when they just look at the matchup on paper. The only thing I wonder is if it's not for two and a half quarters. If it looks kind of like that SC game maybe where it's close. Eventually they may wear you down. And then they wear you down. And that like, you know, kind of like they did with Florida. Now granted, they wore Florida down to the tune of something like 50 points that they ended up putting on them. But I wonder if that's maybe more of the the character that it takes on. They could. And part of the reason they're able to wear people down, when you talk to people around the program, you talk to Nick Saban himself, he's not shy about saying this. He he has built a big physical team, a team that is bigger than your team, a big that's more physical than your team. And what he believes is football is like a boxing match. There's a reason why you have different weight divisions, weight classes. As the bigger team, they believe those body blows that they hit you with, yep. they wear you down. And at some point, you're not going to respond to the bill. That's what they do to teams. We'll see if Washington can find a way to stand up. All right, last thing, Buck, before we go. So you're taking Alabama. But Alabama and Clemson. One. Alabama and Clemson, Clemson, January 9th. Let's get the replay. Let's get the uh, the rematch, I should say. Uh, row the boat, Wisconsin or Western Michigan. <laughs> Who do you want in the Cotton Bowl? <sighs> well, my man has all the motivational he does. speeches. He's going to give go. a heck of a speech. He's going to give a heck of a speech. He didn't get a job. No, he did not. We thought he might. But so, then some say maybe he sat it out. So maybe, now, maybe he intentionally didn't get a job because he like didn't really, see anything he liked. Really, there were a lot of jobs out there. Maybe that's what they were saying. Though. Okay, so now, maybe he's got his eyes on something so, else. So, yeah, Washington, yeah. Michigan. That's yeah. what he, he has yeah. his eyes on. Go. What am I going to do next year? Old PJ. Now that they found me out, what what am I going to oh. do? I think this is a tough game for Wisconsin. I'm gonna go Western Michigan in this one, and the reason I go with that typically in bowl games, the more motivated team wins. Uh, they've played. Big Ten competition. They played Michigan State before. They beat Northwestern this year. They played Northwestern and this beat year. them, and then they beat Illinois at Illinois yeah, this and year. Last Close. year, last year uh, they played Northwestern. Michigan State, Michigan State. And, kind of, and kind of held it. So I don't think they'll be um, intimidated or there won't be a fear factor when it comes to Wisconsin. I think their athletes on the perimeter, particularly Corey Davis, can give them some work. The main thing will be can they hold up against a hit-you-in-the-mouth off That linebacking core. Headlined by one. Yeah, but they kind of they kind of banged up. Like Wisconsin's yeah. a little banged I up. I mean, the way they play, games. not surprising. 
that they're banged. Oh, it's it's yeah. tough. I'm gonna go with Western Michigan. Road a boat. We'll have an opportunity. Road a boat. Another another infomercial. Road a boat. Another there infomercial. Go. There you go. You want a great speech? Road a boat. All right, Bucky enjoyed it. Uh, DJ will be back on the next Move the Sticks podcast. Enjoy the bowl games. Enjoy the Week 17 games. And uh, yeah, fantastic. Thanks for having me, Buck. Hey, thanks for coming on, money. All right. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.